Andrew Mackey and Tom Lonigan both joined Geelong from the 2002 National Draft. Both finished their decorated playing careers on preliminary final weekend last year. In between, they played 188 games in the same team, winning 113 times at the extraordinary rate of 74%. Welcome, boys. What an association. Thanks for having us, Mike. Thanks, Mike. You two have lasted better than most marriages, haven't you? <laughs> Go back to 2002. That's, that's uh, 15 years. All those times you spend together, training, meetings, trips away and playing. Do you appreciate how lucky you've been? Notwithstanding the fact, Tom, that you lost a kidney along the way, but do you appreciate how lucky you've been to have played at Geelong in this era? Oh, yeah, it's not lost on me. I, uh, I certainly... You know, when you come out of the game, all you want to be remembered for is to be a premiership player and be part of a, a successful team and culture and club. And I've got no doubt, as individuals, we, we come out of it looking better because of the fact we've, we've been at the Geelong Footy Club for the last 15 years. Well, Andrew, you've played in 207 wins from 280 games. That's an amazing strike rate, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah it's, yeah, it's worked out all right. It's, uh, I'll give lucky. you a sobering thought for both of you. Trevor Barker played 230 games for St Kilda and was a great player, never played a final. Yeah, yeah, mate, we've been... We've had it. Our teammates, um, coaches, we've had a great ride the last... You know, uh, decade and a half, probably probably last 10, 10 years in particular, um, and to be part of that is something that you know we we obviously think about every day. Probably now you remember the good times, the fact that we're out of footy now. Um, mm. From a playing point of view, you do remember those good times that we were able to have out in the field. As Max said, we never took it for granted what we um, you know how how lucky we were to play in in such big games and and win a lot of those games. Tommy. You played 95 games at uh, Skilled Stadium and won 84 of them. Yeah. That's 88%. I mean, is it, is it the ground? Is it the crowd? Is it the fact that you just played in a great team? Yeah, I think it's a combination of all those things. Uh, the ground definitely does help. I think um, training on it week in, week out, and especially as a defender, knowing where to set up, position yourself, um, certainly does help. But, yeah, as, as Max said earlier, we'll, we come through when there's a, you know, a number of great players we had playing with us and all wanting to win, especially in front of our home crowd. And, um, you know, the way that Cookie and Bomber and Frank had, you know, brought the club back from where it was, it's, um, it, was, it was just a great vibe, great place to be around. Andrew, is, I sense that if, in your skin, that if you were going to the ground on any given day, whatever situation you got in during the game, you'd believe that you could get out of it, that the team was that good that it probably would and probably should win. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, definitely had that belief. Um, and it was, it was powerful when you, when you go into games with that mindset. I think we almost love the fact we had Target in our back for a lot of that time when, you, when you've been successful and, um, you know, the next year every team's out to get you and individually um, there's more plans in place for certain players. I think we love the fact that they were coming to get us and um, we love the fact that we would be able to try and, you know, there, there was a few times, more often than not, we found ourselves uh, getting out of trouble, which, you know, maybe not great for the fans, but we loved the fact that uh, we pushed through that, mm. I suppose, that target on our backs and were able to come out the other side. Tommy, do you think you've been disappointing in the last few years in finals? Always good enough to get yeah. there? Hey, yeah. You've played in four losing preliminary finals. Mm. Yeah, um, no doubt. I think that's probably one regret we've 
Um, I'm sure Mac probably feels the same way since 2011, not being able to get back to a grand final since then. Number four, the jumper that you wore for so long. Yep. It's been handed over to a little bloke who uh, is back in town. Yeah. What's the impact been like since Gary came back to Geelong? He's been great. The, I'm lucky enough to still be at the footy club working and, and the way he's dealing with, uh, with younger players and interacting and um, just being, being a leader around the group. And he's, he's come in for... He's there to win a premiership and you can just see it in him. So um, hopefully his body holds up and things work out well for, for him and, and the team. Did he ring you about uh, wanting number four? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was pretty... Uh, yeah, he was uh, fourth with me, forthright, and said, I think he ideally might have liked to wear number five. But, uh, yeah. You think he would have, do you? Oh, I think he might have, yeah. He didn't tell me that, but I reckon he might have. Um, and obviously, Nakaiko too wears that, but he said he'd love to wear number four, and I was more than happy to have him. Um, my kids would be happy. They've, <laughs> they've got a little, little champ number now, so they'll be happy. He's quite discreet today, Tommy, isn't he? What about that <laughs> reputation for being lippy on the ground? Is that true? Does he deserve that? Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's true, no doubt. I think he's a bit more lippy early in his career, sort of during that mid tier, that mid uh, period, he went quiet, and then the back end he started getting going again. You remember any of his good lines? Uh, oh, one stands out. Um, it was actually last year, we were over in Perth playing West Coast, uh, quarter time. They jumped us three goals up, and we we're feeling a bit flat walking back to the quarter-time huddle and there's a few couple of West Coast players just standing around together and one of them Seven said... Seven names? Uh, I think Lacroix was one. Um, oh, I can't remember the other two. Mm. Um, and one of them go, you're not so lippy now, are you? And he goes, uh, I wouldn't waste it on you <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so you might have to edit that out, but uh, oh. that was Andrew? definitely true. Yeah, 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 it was. I, yeah, been... Whenever you talk about things that we've... Uh, since we've finished footy, we've done a couple of things and it always gets brought up. I, uh, for one, there was, there was always a line for me. I always... You know, I, there was a bit of method to my talking to players. I, I felt like I could get a little edge on, on some of them. And, uh, you know, I'm not the most intimidating guy from a <laughs> put-the-head-over-the-footy sense. You know, I'm not a Joel Seld or um, I can't do what Tommy does to the big forwards. Um, but... I could play my role in in trying to get inside players' heads at times. And for me, it was a you know as much about... I never went in with a plan, but sometimes I felt like I could get through to a few players. And, um, you know, there's times after games I've driven, I think, what, what was I saying there? <laughs> um, but there's always a line for me. I, I'd did never, you cross it? No, no, I don't think I did, no. 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 I, I was always conscious of that. I'm, I, uh, I'm a carer, a people carer in general, and... Um, there was probably once where I thought, you know, that was probably... And, and it was a bit something that had obviously happened to the player and I didn't know. And I'd text, a, text him after the game and said, look, I didn't, wasn't aware of... What did you say to ..what him? had gone on. Oh, no, it was something he had on his boots and, and it was a meaning that was pretty close to him and I didn't un understand oh, okay. what it was at. So I okay. um, cleared it up and I sent a message and apologised if there was any misunderstanding. OK. You uh, played 280 games. Now, you probably came into the system at about, what, 75 kilos? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, either, that, yeah. you're either very resilient or very savvy about where to go to on the <laughs> footy ground. Oh, a bit of both, Mike. Yeah, you've got to be smart these days. Work, work smarter, not harder, they say. But 
Uh, yeah, I battled with uh, with the weight early. I, um, what were you? 71. 71 yeah. when you started your league career? Yeah. I, yeah, mate, I was coming from a fair way back. We were both out of school footy and I'd never been in the, the you know, the pathway, the AFL under-18 type pathway. So we, we were both very raw coming into the system and it probably took a while. Well, definitely physically. I was, I was probably still last year when I was playing, you know, still had upside in what I should be as a, as a physical athlete, professional athlete. Um, but we just we understood what we had to do to get the job done and, mm-hmm. um, you know, that was probably... I tried to use my, my smarts as much as anything around the footy field and try to be um, do that, you know, before my opponents at times. Tommy lost a kidney in your seventh game, wasn't it, Tom? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. My view is that the people, the public doesn't appreciate how brave this bloke's been for his career? Yeah, well, I hope they do because certainly, um, yeah, since that, and then you see all the times that he's going back with a fight. Mm. And, look, it wasn't lost on us as a play group. It, it was shown regularly in edits that on a Monday after the game, um, Tommy coming back with a flight and doing things that he just shouldn't be doing, given that he was almost... He almost died on the footy field, mm. so... That's true, isn't it? That you, you could have died, couldn't you, with that... Um, as a result yeah, of that, that injury. so they tell me, yeah. 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 Um, you only came there for four days? Yeah, it was about four days, yeah. yeah. And your um, blood supply was replaced yeah. three times? Yeah, two or three times, yeah. I suspect it's painful for you to keep focusing on <clears throat> the kidney injury, but the details of my memory is that you were playing Melbourne, yeah. and I think Brad Miller, uh-huh. and was Matthew Egan with him? Yeah. And, yeah. and they were coming from behind yeah. you yeah. Uh, and crashed into you. Mm. Uh, did you know at the time that it was serious? Um, oh, look, I hadn't felt that pain ever before in my life. It was, it was just went through my whole body. It was just a rush, just a big rush. It was just I couldn't pinpoint it. I didn't know, you know, what it was. It wasn't just a corky. Um, I remember one of the old trainers ran. He was close, close by at the time. He ran over to me and he goes, "I think you just winded, mate." Mm. And I, uh, I said, "Mate." You better piss off because I'm not winded. Something's going on. Like I knew something that's like was was up straight away. And I remember walking across into the change rooms and just. So you left the ground straight away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight away. I wasn't. I wasn't taking no no, no part. I couldn't hardly even get up. I just wanted to vomit. And uh, and when I got in the change rooms, I did that, and it was just black. It was black vomit. Yeah. Wow. So that's. I called the called the doc over, and he was like, right, we better get in the hospital. And yeah, you know, went and. Um, uh, couldn't had to wait for the the bloke who t- to scan me because he was at the game watching the really watching footy. Yeah. yeah, so I had to wait till about six o'clock. There was a draw that day, wasn't it? Yeah, I can't. I think it was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 it was. Yeah, so waited for him to come and then scans and uh, I don't think nothing really showed up in the scans, but I was I was ob- obviously hemorrhaging um, inside and um, five five a.m. the next morning. All went pear shaped. That's when you lapsed into a coma. Yeah, well, that's when um, the buzzers all went off. Uh, yeah. Blood pressure dropped, pulse raced, docs yeah. all come in, said we've got to get you to theatre. And uh, at that point, mum and dad were up in Yarrawonga, so they, uh, they'd watch my brother play on the Saturday. And I rang them on the Saturday night and said, "Look, I think I just got bruised ribs or whatever, and um, I'm just staying in for observation." and yeah, so I had to ring them on the way into theatre and tell them I'm going in, so, yep. And they, you knew then they were going to take the kidney out? 
No, no, no. I, I didn't know what was going on. So I, I was head, head was in the clouds because I was on morphine. I was feeling great, but obviously something was going on with my body um, and they didn't know themselves, so they had to rip me open and, and, uh, and see what was going on. And that's where all the blood, there was just blood everywhere and the kidney was probably the least of the problems. Can you remember when you came back? I think you were out of the game almost more than 18 months, weren't you? Mm. How difficult was it to conquer that, I don't know if it's fear, yeah. but concern about what might happen to you? Um, oh, look, I think, uh, I think physically, like, physically, we, you know, we all repair, right? Yeah, so, like, I knew I was going to get over, you know, what had happened um, from a physical point of view. I suppose it was more a mental, mental battle with dealing with, um, you know, a highball or worrying about, you know, someone crashing in the back. Um, so working through that was a was a process, and it, you know, it's still thought about it towards the back end of my career. But um, look, I just try to put it out of my mind and, and play footy, not worry about it too much. Did you wear a guard? Yeah, I did the first year and a half, but mm. um, it was too uncomfortable, and it reminded me too much of what was at stake. So I just ripped it off. So was there a moment that you can recall where you were? perched under it and you knew you had nowhere to go and there could have been anyone of up to six or eight blokes coming from behind. Was there a moment that, can you remember? During my career yeah. after that? Yeah, there was a couple. Yeah, yep, definitely. There was one last year yeah. um, against Carlton where I got hit in the back, um, which I was a bit, you know, a bit worried. Um, there was a couple before that, but it was, you know, I always thought that what had happened was a, was a freak accident. Um, I thought... The likelihood of it actually happening again were really slim and um, I just tried not to think about it. It was probably a bit Andrew, stupid. you didn't play that game against Melbourne no, no. when Tommy was, was injured. Yep. Can you remember, was there a sense of uh, blokes wondering about their commitment to the game when you realised how seriously you'd been hurt? Um, yeah, it took its toll on, on players, especially the ones that were really close with Tommy. Um, to see in a lot of ways, when Tommy was obviously in a coma, so he didn't know. When you go in and see a bloke with all the cords and stuff mm. that people have seen, people in coma, it's, 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 not, it's not good to look at. And then, you know, to see what mum and dad and family and brothers and sisters deal with, and, um, yeah, it did take its toll. Um, just the passion for the game and, and the love for playing footy over, overrides, especially, well, for you. You, you know, at the end of the day, you kept playing, had the choice probably should have stopped, maybe. You were getting told to. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. What, but at home, were you being... Oh, there's a number of people, yeah. I had a few letters. Yeah, did you? People yeah. within the club. And... But people, concerned for you. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. just, yeah, yeah concerned for my well-being, yeah. so... But, I mean, I was, I was young and stupid and <laughs> had, hadn't proven myself. I yeah. hadn't any respect at that point. And at the end of the day, I didn't know what I was going to do with my life if, mm. if, um, if it was taken away from me. So that, that in itself gave me a great perspective of how quickly things could be taken away and from, I suppose from then on, um, you know, my training habits and things change of how I dealt with and how I went about my day-to-day life as, a, as an elite footballer. Because early days it was a bit you scratchy. Were, you were a while making your market, Geelong, weren't you? Yeah. Did, yeah someone told me, we don't always get these right, Tommy, but someone yeah. told me that Bomber Thompson <laughs> suggested... What are you laughing at, Andrew? Oh, I think I know what you're going to say. Bomber Thompson suggested you might have been the worst recruit <laughs> in the history of the game. Yeah. Sounds a bit outlandish to me, but is that true? Uh, 
yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I was uh, I was pretty rubbish early days. Yeah, I uh, attitude or, or? Uh, it was a, it was a combination of things. I was immature physically, mentally. Um, I was a laid back kid who just was happy going about life. Um, I was happy being there. So when um, you know when it come to playing, and that's the sort of attitude I took, just happy being there and just cruise through games and wasn't getting the most out of myself. Um, yeah, I had a. A few stern conversations with Bomber over over the journey, and he was look. He was great for me in my early days. He just rode me, rode me, mm. rode me. I think he rode Mac a bit too, but um, it got got the most out of me. Um, you know, as I said, my training habits weren't up to scratch, and um, it took a while for the penny to drop. So I'm glad that I had him and you know Brendan McCartney, these guys that were there to put the work into me. Did Brendan McCartney nearly get you to Footscray at one point? Uh, yeah, it was pretty close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, yeah, he sent sent a text message to me towards the end of 2014, and we had a chat after the season. And yeah, I was pretty close. So, what made you stay? Oh, look, at the end of the day, that was it was purely probably a money decision. Um, I mean, a deal like that, it was life changing. It was a Godfather deal. I was 30. It was like what I, the doggies offer was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Do you remember yeah, what it was? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. You want to share it with me? Yeah, it was a three-year 1.6. Wow. Yeah, so... It's it not bad at 30, is it? Yeah, 30. I mean, I hadn't seen that money before. As I said, I'd come from, you know, I started making a little bit of money towards the back end, sort of in the late 20s, and to have a deal like that placed in front of me was bloody hard. I um, Hard to choose. I had him, Mac, and a few other mates come over and we just went through the pros and cons, spoke about it with family and... Um, in the end, yeah, it was a decision. I was really proud to stay, be a one club player, and yeah. What did you? What was your advice? Um, oh, we laid it all out there. I, I was, I, I was caring for Tom, the the person, the mate, um, and tried to take away the the teammate side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a great opportunity. I, I probably um, at the end of the day was more about what do we, what do you want to be known as in the future, and and I suppose. Friendships and camaraderie, and you know, do you want to go and meet another fifty guys and mm-hmm. start not not be mates with them, but you, you've you've got to invest into, you know, you got three years playing with him. You want to want to know about him. You need to get to know him, and there's more to just rocking up and playing. It's difficult, I suspect, from where you sit to, uh, to watch Bombers' problems that exist at the moment. Yeah. Do either of you have any contact with him, and how do you read his situation? Um, no, I, look, we had a lunch before Christmas where he come. Um, I sat next to him actually and, um, we spoke, just spoke about old times. Um, spoke about the stuff that I just told you, how you, how you used to ride me and I'm glad that you, you know, you did and that obviously I wasn't to know what was to unfold, um, after that. But look, he was, he was a guy that was a mentor to both of us and, um, we wish him nothing but the best, so... Yeah. Does it concern you, Andrew? Oh, yeah. It concerns me what what you what I'm hearing and what you read about. Obviously, you, like I said before, you care about people that you have been a part of your life, and he's one of them. Um, Look, he's always been. It's a quirky sort of yeah. Yeah. customer. Yeah. Even when he was yeah, uh, you know, at his peak of his powers, coaching, he's always had a lateral thinking to him and yeah. quirky sort of mind. People that know him, but he seemed okay. He seemed okay that day. <laughs> 